Welcome to Sufficiently Black, the podcast. No. I'm, I'm keeping it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the podcast that explores what it means to be comfortable in your blackness. <laughs> um, I'm Janae, here with... Kia. And Amari. Oh, Amari, was she gonna come back in time? <laughs> I know. We was looking a little I silent. <laughs> I I timed it. I was saying it. I was saying the script in my head while Dedication. I was doing my thing. Dedication. <laughs> wow. Um. So as always, guys, we're on social media. We're on all the platforms, actually, and you can follow us on all of those platforms, like Instagram and Twitter, and YouTube, and Discord. Um, wow. At Sufficiently Black. Um, but other than that, what's new, homies? What's going on? Well, actually, I realized that my spirit's been called for two things. One, really, really struggling to keep up with the fashion trends. I have no idea what I'm going to be wearing during winter time. I feel like all my stuff was like, skinny jeans like boots that fit skinny jeans sweaters and i feel like that's very bland now and i just don't know what to 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 look for so i'm like should i be looking for jackets should i be looking for matching sets should i be looking for like flare pants but like what do you wear what type of shoes do you wear with the flare pants can you only wear sneakers i feel like i'm the first time where i feel like old and not hip i don't know if anyone else is feeling that way i don't know if it's a pandemic because i don't have to i don't have to dress I dress in t-shirts and sweats every day. So when it's time for me to like leave the house, I'm like, I feel like people are going to look at me like, what is wrong with you? Well, I think it's a combination. One, I think wintertime fashion is hard when you live in a cold climate because it's like nothing that's like actually keeps you warm is really necessarily cute. Yeah. Two, I do think it is a result of the pandemic. And three, also like Y2K fashion is a thing now. And that just like puts everything in a weird place like i do i hard do not agree with low-rise jeans making a return same uh same i can't do it i can't do it uh i just i'm not fit i really struggle with this looser pant um craze right now because i'm tall it's hard to find and because I'm plus size too, I just feel like it doesn't look great. So I've been struggling with that aspect. However, I think New York City winter fashion fucking eats, baby. Eats. If and you can keep I feel up like with it. Yeah. I don't know that's if I true. can. I feel like I finally found a good balance in between like, fuck it, I'm just gonna be cold and I'm actually warm. And I figured it out that that comes with layering. And I can send you some TikToks, Kia. Yeah, Because I feel like I've found a a good groove. I think fall fashion is where I struggle. Because, like, with fall in New York City, in the beginning of the day, it's going to be damn near 70 degrees. And at night, it's going to be 50 degrees. So that's where I'm like, pick your battles. Like, that's where it's hard. But winter fashion, baby, I'm ready. I'm not going to lie. I can't keep up. I can do summer fashion, but I always like like just I'm like wear a romper because I'm gonna sweat through everything, and that's just where where I am. <laughs> my issue with fashion is that like because I'm in my apartment typically four or five days a week, when I do leave the house, I end up doing the most. I end up getting like fully dressed, and people are like, "Oh my god, 
where are you going? You look so dressed up. And I'm like, I'm just going to dinner. <laughs> and I've got on like a full fit lipstick. I'm feeling myself. And I walk outside and I'm like, damn, I'm overdressed. Damn it. So that's my issue. No, I, I feel you. I feel you on that for sure. Because it's like when I do, because it's like you don't leave the house often or like if you do, it's still like during the work day where you don't have to dress up. So it's like when I do leave the house, I want to feel like comfortable and confident and like look good. But I'm realizing like, damn, I might just have to revamp my um, wardrobe for now. Um, also, the other thing that I want to say is that by the time this comes out, this will already be old news. I'm aware of that. But we got to, you know, fit some things in people. So give us grace. But the Kanye thing, it's really on my spirit. Oh. I'm not going to speak long about it. I will oh. not debate. But what are you going to say? There's cause... nothing to debate either. But yeah, say, say. No, I just I feel like it's been interesting to see like um, just like everyone's opinions on it or like uh what is it called yeah everyone's like yeah everyone's opinions on it i will say the main thing i was going to say is that it, it makes me a little sad when i see people saying like oh black people never held kanye accountable because i feel like that's to me it's like like yes that is true as a sort but i feel like a lot of people black people did voice like their concerns with Kanye when he said white lives matter or slavery was a choice especially a lot of black women so it's really disheartening when people are like well we never stick up for ourselves and that's why it kind of like almost giving him a pass like oh well we we never like banded together so why should we expect anything and it's just like really disheartening that like that that's the response when when I feel like the problem is so much more than that if that makes sense so, yeah, that's just been on my spirit where I'm like, damn, I feel like we really need to understand, like, the history and the power structures, especially in America, where, like, we, like yes, it would be nice if black people agreed on everything, but we are humans and we have different lifestyles. We're different in gender and, um, you know, like, sexuality. So it's, And I feel like people are always so quick for be like, black people can never agree. Black people can never do this. But it's like we were never given the chance to really bond together because – People have been tearing us apart for, like, 400-plus years. So it's just really sad to see, like, that's, like, the first response. It's, like, to blame ourselves. It's, like, damn. I will definitely say that Black women and men are seem to be somewhat divided on this. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I haven't really paid attention to the discourse that, damn, Black people can't be united. Um, but I have for sure noticed that it seems like Black men, when they speak of Kanye, are a little bit more forgiving. And they say things like, yeah, he's not saying the best things, but like some of the things that he's saying are true. Or he's not saying the best things, but like his mental health. And I just feel like Black women have just been like shut down. Like we're just like, I don't want to talk about this man anymore. Moving on. Fuck him. Like I feel like we were all collectively done when he started supporting Trump and saying slavery was a choice. I know that's when I was like, there's no more defending this man. I have nothing to say. Um, so yeah. Um, no, yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's like, I've shut him out so much that like, I haven't even necessarily paid attention to everything new that has been coming up unless it's being sent my way, just because I don't care about Kanye. Um, but also I think it's interesting too to like, like we also have to like acknowledge the breadth of his audience and like 
that like white people were wearing Yeezus just as much as black people. Like it's not a whole just like on black people um, for like choosing to support him or, or not, you know, I, um, and then also I thought what was interesting too is like people in Kanye's close friend groups have like left him behind long before this new stuff. Like I just remember John Legend, like, him and Kanye were close and him specifically saying, like denouncing everything that he was doing from the jump. So I'm like, when your close friends can't really stand by you right now um, and like make a hard like line in the sand, I'm like, I'm okay. I'm why would I pay attention? Yeah. But like, I think it's a reality check for some folks where they, they have this idea, like you get the certain amount of money, you get a certain amount of power, you get a certain amount of fame and you're untouchable. And I think they saw that happen to Kanye for a, a long time where he was untouchable. And with the quickness, his power and money just plummeted. Vanished. Vanished. Like, don't get comfortable at any point. And that's the thing about, like, when people say, like, oh, white privilege doesn't exist or, like, if you're rich, like, you don't have, like, issues. Like, they were saying that about, like, Colin Kaepernick, like, dismissing anything he cared about because he's rich or, like, LeBron James, like, why are you complaining you're rich? And it's, like, no matter how rich you are, you're still black. And, like, at the end of the day, no amount of money can, like, change that. And Kanye did, like, go around saying, like, oh, I'm I'm about to be white man status. And it's, like, you'll never be there. (laughs) Exactly. Also, why do you want to be there? (laughs) Because he wants to be white so bad. Because he does. He wants to be white. He is OJ. He yeah, is Con- he, he is Jay-Z's song, OJ. Like, yeah. that is him. Still nigga, but he forgot that part. Yeah. Um. But anyway. I love that song. I love that song, too. Okay, guys. We're going to our interview now. We're really excited to welcome a friend of mine, David, to the podcast. Today, we have a really special guest, my good friend David, who I used to work with back in the day. Um, he's coming in today to talk to us about like all things, I don't know, work, all things being a black man in the office. We're going to talk about being black women in the office. We've talked about this like so many times, but we just kind of wanted to bring like some more nuance to it because so often I feel like Amari Kia and I talk about what it's like being black women in the workforce, but we also sometimes feel that black men are treated differently. So we wanted to have this conversation from a black man's perspective. So we wouldn't just be sitting here the entire time. Like we think this is how it is. Um, (laughs) But let me tell you guys a little bit more about David. So David Clark is a television professional currently working in content operations at Peacock, a graduate of NYU for under... Wait, sorry. A graduate of NYU and an undergraduate of Drexel for graduate school. He has a passion and background in TV programming, strategy, and project management with previous roles at Warner Brothers Discovery, Vice, MSNBC. Outside of work, David is a real housewives enthusiast, a Beyonce stan, and starting to get into screenwriting. Oh, I didn't know that. Um, he, yeah. lives, <laughs> he lives in Brooklyn, but loves to travel to secluded beaches whenever he can. Welcome, David. Thank you for having me. That was honestly like a solid bio. That actually might be one of the for best real. bios I've ever honestly, seen. Honestly, no, that's I'm a like, solid David, can bio. I be your friend? 
<laughs> That's why I'm looking. I'm looking like, like that. I'm looking like men's is stacked over here. Men's is accomplished. What? Let's get into it. Like David first, tell us about like your journey in your own words, how you got to where you are today. Did you always know you wanted to do TV programming? No, no. And in, in fact, I was thinking about this earlier, like no one, no one in my family knew anything about jobs that exist in television. Like in my family, everyone's, you know, you think, oh, you're going to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, you want to be a teacher, you want to be, you want to work in the government. Like the, the, the range of jobs that were available to me in my mind was very limited. And it wasn't until probably like almost my senior year in college when I was like, oh, I think I want to work in television, but by then it's almost like kind of too late to kind of, it's hard to make a switch. So I actually ended up working in higher education for like the first two to three years outside of college, working in admissions actually at NYU for a master's program there and watching all these students kind of come in and, you know, pursue the master's program of their dreams and kind of pursue a career of their dreams. I was like, oh, I got to get out of here and go do something I want to do. So I actually went to Drexel has a business television program. So it's kind of partly in the business school and partly in like um, their kind of TV production school. Um, And so it kind of is a mix of kind of an MBA program, but also feels a little bit artsy. Um, From there, I got my first job at MSNBC and then kind of went on to Vice and Discovery and now at Peacock. So it's been it's definitely been a journey, but it's been really fun. And I've just, I love working in television. I can't imagine doing anything else. Wow. That's such a journey. So cool. I love hearing people's stories and finding out like what led them to where they are today, because 90% of the time, it's not just like a straight path. It's literally like yeah. something random happens. It falls into your lap and you're like, let me run with it. Yeah, for real. It's never like, it's never, I don't know, I, I feel like growing up, you hear these kind of very linear stories about career, your career growth and how your career works. And it's been so up and down and like, I'm over here, now I'm over here, taking a few steps back and now I get to take a few steps forward. So it's, it's definitely a journey. Um, not always fun, but I feel like looking back on it, I appreciate it. I feel that. Um, To get more into the topic, have you ever noticed in corporate settings that like black men and women are treated differently or do you think that we're treated the same? And I know that that's a broad question. So do do your best. Yes, I do. I do see a difference between how black men and black women are treated and and from my perspective and. Personally speaking, uh, as a black man at work, I feel like I am, people are really kind of scared to go really go for it with me. So like even like getting quality feedback from a boss feels very sugarcoated. I think there's this fear, like, I don't know, do you guys see that Insecure episode where Lawrence was at work and he was like, they were just kind of treating him really weird at work. Like he, I guess he had like messed up on a project or something, but nobody really wanted to tell him. That's been often my experience as a black man at work, like always kind of people kind of towing the line, not wanting to get too crazy with me, not, I don't know what kind of reaction they expect me to have. Um, But that's always been my experience. But then I watched some of my like black women colleagues and people are not scared to go toe to toe with them. And I'm just kind of like, wow, why do you, I'm not good. Why? 
sometimes I kind of want that energy, but also sometimes I'm like, that's actually maybe a little too aggressive with, with black women. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, th- I do think there's a difference between the two, but I'm, I'm curious if you guys have felt that experience as well, being black women. That is so crazy. Cause I never would have guessed that like what you, you guys get. Obviously I don't know. I'm not a black man, but I a hundred percent agree. I was literally telling Janae before this call how like a client was going in on me, like literally made me cry. I had to turn off my camera. And I feel like if I was like a white person or a black man, like that just absolutely would not have happened. Like she felt empowered to like basically like try to like like mean girl me to be honest. Like have a one up like she felt like she had a power over me. But I definitely feel like it's like it's like you said it's too much on the end of like go in on this black person because we don't like see it's almost like they don't see black women as like human or like we can take more because the strong black woman trope but it's like at the end of the day like I am a human like you don't get to yell at me or like say shit to me just just because like you think I'm inferior but like I, I, I feel like it's very rare that I'll have a soft experience in the workplace I'll say that before we like started uh like when we were talking about this episode, I thought it was so interesting because interesting because I realized I've only worked with like a handful of black men in my career. Um, one at my first workplace right out of college and we all sat on different desks. So we didn't really interact. And then more recently, my um, my job, it was like the first black male editor I had worked with. Um, and I was like, wow, that's like really sad. Um, and but I have noticed yeah, I feel like people are just more willing to try black women, to be honest, in the work <laughs> in the workforce, and just like kind of see how how much they can say and how much you're willing to take. Um, but I've also noticed that not necessarily from like an upper management thing, but like even people like on my level or like rows below me will like try like have tried me, and I think that's pretty. Um, interesting because I think people think that like if you reach a certain level in your career that'll like protect you from all these um just people saying wild stuff but it really doesn't so I I found that interesting as I've gone through my career you know what's really funny is that David what you just said I did not expect that answer at all but it, it makes so much sense because everybody is so shook by black men and I like don't get why like it's kind of dumb but like everyone is so shook by black men um and i had a a really close black man in my life for a really long time i don't know why i'm hedging it this way but anyway when he at his jobs he always had this issue of people tiptoeing around him and i always thought that it was kind of because he was a little emotionally volatile, like I ain't gonna front. <laughs> so when he would tell me these things, I would honestly kind of blame him in my head. I would just be like, well, it's probably because you're a little bit of a loose cannon. And being fully aware that he has the ability to be professional and he has the ability to not be a loose cannon at work, like being fully aware of that, but not necessarily thinking that it could be because the world is really afraid of black men, men and that transfers into the workplace. I simply did not think about it that way at all. I really didn't. Yeah. I, I, I cannot, it's, it's so hard to get honest feedback from super, uh, supervisors, even when I'm directly asking for it. 
it's really hard to get it. And I, and I, and I think there is this kind of fear of like, oh, is he gonna, is he gonna go blow, blow up at us? Is he gonna get really angry with us? And I don't know, I've never shown that side to anybody I work with. So I don't know why they would even expect that. But I, that's just their perception, I guess, is that, oh, yeah, we, we're not going to go too far with him. Let's be let's play nice. Also, I think there's uh, I have worked with very few black men as well. I don't know if something about television. There's not a lot of black men working in television or something, or at least on the on the business side of television. And um, it's almost like. It's almost like they are, they are, there's so few of us that they don't want to piss off the few that they have because they've checked off their diversity quotas. And it's kind of like, well, we, we, I'm the only black person in my whole department, well, only black male in my whole department. And so it's often kind of like, okay, yeah, we don't want to piss him off too much. We already looking pretty, pretty white over here. So let's keep it cute with the one black guy that we do have. And so I, that's might also be a part of it, but yeah, it's hard. It's hard to get any kind of real constructive feedback, criticism, anything that could help me to advance my career. Um, and the few times that I have received good feedback, it has been from people who were much younger. It was actually advice. Was I had a boss advice, and she was a white woman, but she, I, I guess she would consider herself a white woman who's pretty kind of like, you know, she's a vice white woman, but she's kind of like, you know, she is she understands racism and how that works. And she uh, in general was a very direct person. And I think did not hold back with me, but it, for most white people, I do not get that at work. Do you think that there is a kind of archetype of the safe black person at work? And by like the safe black person, I mean, it's like the black person, we just did an episode on this, that makes white people feel more comfortable. So like, I don't know, a Lizzo or a childish Gambino. Do you see that type of black men in the work environments you've been at? Honestly, the few black men who I do see at work, I haven't come in contact with at work, are often the safe black men. And and then that also makes me think, am I the safe black man? Am I like, am I being too nice actually at work? Maybe I should start yelling at work. Maybe I should be a little bit more aggressive at work and maybe people wouldn't treat me this way. But I do think, I, I, I feel like black men are often kind of towing this line of being really safe at work. And I think it, a part of it probably is just thinking, myself thinking like, you know, I'm a six foot, six foot two, big black guy. I know my a no from me and a certain tone sounds much different than a no from Karen. And so I the way I will deliver a no is much more kind and try try to be more soft about it and try to offer alternative instead of just a no period. But I get plenty of people uh White people have no problem giving no periods at work. Uh, but um, I think that's also a part of it. Uh, so, yeah, I definitely see a lot of safe safety. And I think Black men often play that role of kind of the safe figure. And because and also they're able to kind of navigate in between both spaces, like a lot of especially straight Black men can kind of like be in with the white guys, but then also kind of come back and be down with the Black people. And so kind of playing both roles, really. 
Yeah, that's funny when you're like, wait, I've made me think like, am I the safe black person at work? And that's what I did that during our last episode. And even when we were polling um, our audience for this episode, some people's responses, I was like, oh, shit, like I do that a lot because I'm trying to overcompensate (laughs) because I don't want to be perceived as like, you know, too tough or all this stuff. So I like am extra nice in a way that does not necessarily feel natural to my personality. Um, so I think that's, I think that's funny that like, I feel like we all have those like moments where we're like, shit, wait, is that me? Yeah, for sure. Kia, did you have a question to ask? Well, I actually, David, I don't even know if you know that I interviewed for your job at Vice before you did. So really? So, yeah. So backstory. Yeah. Like I, um, I was I started Vice as um, on the communications team, so doing a lot of press work. And then I think about like a year and a half in, I realized like that was my first job after college, and I realized like I one hate press because it's a lot of fake shit, and two I just it's not for me. Like I wanted to do something more creative, and so I was talking to my boss at the time like of ways like we could like move within the company. So I was really looking at like Viceland at the time and like. Uh, thinking about like development but they basically said like we have no roles there so then I was talking like with the programming team so I was doing yoga with your boss at the time and like I would see her every week we would talk all the stuff and she's like yeah like like someone had left or like we have an opening like you can interview and I was like sure like this is this seems really promising because I've been at the company for two years I know her I also had a programming internship at BET that was my first internship so it's not like I was coming in blind like I had experience I was in like the industry for like three years at that point um and so I interviewed and they were like how can we make it better I was like had a really solid answer I thought because they were like wow this is so great all the stuff so I was like okay this seems promising and then they like basically ghosted me which was extra uncomfortable because I work there and I have to see everyone so I'm like wow you guys are really trying me because it's like one thing for a company to ghost you but like your own company to ghost you and someone you, like, see every week, it's like, this is uncomfortable. Um, and, yeah, then I think I think I found out, because maybe it was Janae who was like, oh, David. And then you said your job. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> they got – and then I was, like, more so offended that they chose an outside person, because I was like, if y'all didn't like me, you could have just said that. <laughs> like, I just thought it was so funny that they were like, oh, we're going to ghost her and like just choose an outside person. I was like, wow, this is this is rough. But it all worked out at the end. You know, now we know you. <laughs> it all worked out. It all worked out the way it was supposed to. It, it was. But yeah. Yeah. I thought you should know that, st- <laughs> that story. No, that's really good to know. <laughs> that sounds I mean again sounds that sounds about vice. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. You didn't you didn't miss much being on that team. <laughs> yeah, everything is always a blessing after. At the time I was like, damn, y'all yeah. are really foul on top of the other shit that they did. But I mean, I guess we can compare our experiences at Vice, particularly since we all did work there. But like I know you yeah. mentioned um how people weren't really direct with you, so actually at Vice. Was there anything else that you felt specifically advice or just, you know, you could talk about any terms where um, maybe it, like, hurts your advancement or, like, helps your advancement in terms of, like, moving up in corporate? Yeah, I think it, I think it hurts. I, I think not having – I think it's always 
created a barrier between me and any kind of supervisors I've had, kind of not being able to have honest communication with them. So I'll watch some of my other coworkers and they'll be really close with the boss with the boss and they're, you know, they share the same race and, you know, probably share interests and they can have really honest conversations even if it turns out to be something negative. And I feel like I've never been able to kind of it's harder for me to kind of develop those close relationships with them because I always feel like I'm kind of kept at a little bit of a distance and that we can't really get to the the meat and potatoes of it all because no one wants to keep it keep it one hundred with me. Um, while I'm at work. So I think that's, I think, and to be really honest, most of my jobs, the way I've really advanced a lot of my career was really by leaving companies and going somewhere else. Uh, because, and I, and it could be just television industry in general, but I think a lot of it also, I'm just thinking of like the trouble with advancing my career as a black person and how, what, what I can do to make myself seem like somebody who you want more out of and not just kind of happy with him being in this role and happy that he's here kind of taking up this space, but that's enough for him. Yeah. Wow. Um, I feel like with, well, do you, do you also ever feel like companies or, or jobs like, or your boss, like come to you to like solidify that something's cool or something? And I'll give an example, but like, especially me and Janae have been like talked a lot about our experience advice where it, there was clearly like every time we would pitch something it would be like crickets or like they would just be really rude or like try to steal our ideas or like it was just a, a nonsense stuff but then we would see like black men like pitch like a very kind of like honestly like a very lazy idea and it get picked up or like like would use them as like the cool weed person or like would like use them as like the, the person to talk about style but like there was never any black women in that space to have like the same voice where it's like black women also influence hair we also influence like style and culture um so specifically advice we witnessed that so i'm wondering if like and i've also been told by like some friends were like after something happens in like the music world or like the sports world their manager will go to me like hey dude what'd you think about that and i'm like no one has ever thought said that to me like at work like forget my like solidifying like what's cool it's it's i've never been asked about like my opinion on like honestly anything um except like i mean this job is a little different but like especially with vice um so i'm wondering if you you've had seen that or experienced that yeah, I well, the most recent thing that happened, my team um, currently we had this um, kind of meetup. We my boss booked this this boat for us. It was kind of ridiculous, and we did this boat around Manhattan. It was <laughs> it was just a waste of money. What the um, hell? That's cool though. <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, but my boss, you know, she thinks she's a white woman. She thinks she's down, um, and so she created the playlist that was playing on the boat. And every, um, and I could tell you, almost every other song, she would come up to me and kind of be like, "Is this song okay? How do you feel about this song? Is it, this is a good song, right?" And it was always like some kind of rap or R and B song. Like she was playing, I think it was like "Return of the Mac" came on, and she was like, "Oh yeah, this is a great song, isn't it? You you like this, right?" Like, girl, listen. I'm just here to ride the boat. I like I don't really care. Like you can play whatever you want. Ask everybody else what they think. I listen. I'm just here for the free food. But um, yeah, I feel like that always. There's always some kind of like thing of like, oh, what do you, you, you. I want your kind of check mark, your kind of stamp on this thing that it's actually that's actually cool or that's actually this is actually good for us to do. Um, but 
that's kind of where it begins and ends. And it's kind of like, but maybe I want to get involved in some stuff that's a little bit more serious. And I think the more serious topics are the ones I feel kind of left out of. Let's talk about it, though, because that is annoying as hell. And I feel like I haven't necessarily had that experience at work. Well, okay, you said you want to be more involved in serious conversations. And I will agree that a lot of times as a Black person, especially someone in my career track where um, I'm doing more talent-facing work, it's like I feel like the opportunities I'm given are not the most serious ones. And it could be because I work in the travel and food space now, but it definitely feels like there's like this be your attitudinal blackity black no 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 girl self like that's kind of what it feels like is encouraged um and then on the other end of kind of being asked your opinion and kind of being a gatekeeper of what's cool like that hasn't necessarily happened to me at work per se but socially all the time i feel like i'll be like with white friends And like their brother's cousin will play a song and look at me at the corner of his eye like, what do you think? (laughs) It's rap. Like, is it cool? It's like, Jesus Christ, guys, like you don't have to do this. Like you can literally just be yourself. Yeah, it's also like, why is that the only personality like black women are allowed to get? Like, I feel like if we ever want to advance, it's just like you have to be like, loud obnoxious the i'm single and ugly like it's just like we've seen that trope so many you know what i'm saying it's like very like and i always point this out especially on the show but like how they write leslie jones on snl how they've written her her for every fucking sketch she's been on and it's like okay for how many years that that woman has been on that show you guys can't give her any other character it's just i'm leslie jones i'm single old black woman and i'm just like you know, they just give her that. And it's like, and then it's also like, because she's done that role so many times, I feel like it's really hard for her to advance in her career. Like when you, like people won't like dress her, like she's talked about stylists, like not wanting to be associated with her because she has that like, you know, trope. And it's like, it's all fun and games, but like, no, this really affects like people's lives. And it's like, you know, we're, we're not allowed to like be characters and also like, I guess like advance and like, outside of the entertainment industry you know yeah i think it's interesting because you said something about like we it's like hard for us to advance in just like just by being ourselves and i feel like very like mixed on it because i feel like i have been able to advance in my career by being myself but i think maybe it's also by being like a like a sweetened version of myself where it's like I'm easy to work with, you know, I'm like, I appeal to people, um, but like also by, I think there's this, um, I don't, I don't know if it's like a combination of just like history and just like us being, our values being placed on like our production and that kind of stuff, but then also the narrative that you have to work 20 times as hard because I'm really convinced I'm going to die during because of stress because of how hard I work. Um, but it's like this whole like idea where, um, I don't know, you just have to like do double to get to like half of the places that other people are able to go. 
Yeah, I think like it's kind of like what we said last week where I, I feel like when you're like when you're famous, you're a celebrity, you're front facing, like being in a talent role or like like if Janae was doing talent work and they're telling her be sassy and black, like our boss isn't going to tell us be sassy and black because we're kind of behind the scenes and that would not work in their benefit. But I feel like they want us to be a stereotype if we're front facing, but behind facing. Yeah, you can advance if you're the safe black person. Like that's what it is. It's either safe black person or be the sassy black girl. And you, there's really no in between that you see a lot of people like advancing. You're like, like it's possible, but I feel like the the margin is very, very thin. For black women yeah i'm just thinking like i'm just chewing on this because i have i am thinking about like the way i've been in work environments and how like there was a point where i think i was doing that tightrope walk of like you know don't be too sassy don't be too much yourself be very um easy to work with and amenable don't make too much of a stink but at a certain point I decided to say fuck it and I'm gonna be myself regardless and if to some people that's a sassy black girl archetype then it is but I'm also a sassy black woman like in real life so like I just kind of decided like I'm not gonna hide myself so I, I I I agree with the both of you where it's like talent facing they really do want you to be the sassy black woman but behind closed doors, when I'm on Slack, I'm sending memes and I'm being the sassy black woman. But I also think that it works to my benefit because white people love a comfortable, sassy black woman. Like white people literally breathe that shit in and out. Just like I think white people really enjoy a black man who's like quiet, um, easy to work with. He can talk about football on Monday because football's on Sunday, right? He can talk about football and like, I don't know, he'll give you the thumbs up if you play Wu-Tang Clan. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. But I also, I don't know, but like also like what part, like what part of you really actually wants to bring your full self to work? Because like if I'm mm. being honest with myself, I don't want to bring my full self to, <laughs> to work because I just don't feel like everyone should have access to my full self. Mm. I feel like I want to be be my full self in terms of like responding to people. That makes sense. Like when someone tries me, I want to like really go off. But it's like I obviously can't because I'll get fired probably what I really want to say. But no, like I very much like I don't need my work knowing my personal life. Like they don't need to know anything I do, but I I really feel like that's where I struggle in my career where it's like the real Kia wants to say something, but the corporate one will just I guess shut up cuz there's really no in between with me. So <laughs> I'm not sure which one's the best one. No. I totally feel that. Like, I, I agree. I, I I would love to be 100% myself at work. Uh, but I just feel like years and years and years of code switching are just so ingrained into me that I, I it is it is a struggle. And I think that's something I'm actively working on trying to, like, break and just kind of show up and, you know, say the first thing that pops in my mind and type that into Slack. 
Um, but I'm not a hundred percent there yet. And I feel like I'm trying to do it with some coworkers, like some coworkers I feel more comfortable with than others and trying to get a more comfortable relationship with my boss. But also, but I do still feel like there's always this kind of like, well, don't go too far. Like we, we like you black, but don't get too black. Okay. Um, and so I, I, I don't know, but maybe, but also that could also be something that I'm kind of. Uh, internalizing and and projecting onto them but i feel like the you know the little the little signs are there when somebody kind of you'll see it with other black people at work when some another black person will do something and you watch your white coworkers response to it and it's kind of like okay yeah i'm never doing that because that was what i was thinking too so let me actually just <laughs> shut my ass up because clearly you're not feeling that yeah I'm trying to think if I've ever had a moment like that where like, actually, yeah, I've had moments with black coworkers where, I don't know, I feel like at Vice, there was definitely this feeling of like, don't be like, be your black authentic self. But like, if you wear a bonnet to the office, people are going to be like, um, but however, I do feel, I feel like I've been blessed at my work environment now where I feel very comfortable to be myself and say and do whatever I want. And I think I've always kind of struggled with that because sometimes I feel like I'd be saying too much and I put my foot in my mouth because I'm very, ah, I say anything that comes to my mind. And I know that that's something that I should work on, vice versa. So it's a thing. Kia, what you want to say? Your mute is off. Oh, Sorry. Um, I don't have anything to say. I just oh, okay. Myself. Okay, that's fine. Should we go into social responses? <laughs> okay, so we asked on Twitter, do you think Black men have more of an advantage in the corporate world than Black women? 78.3% said yes. 21.7% uh, said no. And the responses were, uh, one person said, I think Black men are better perceived as being able to blend in with office culture, sports, and gossip for the social types and for introverted Black men were seen as cold and dedicated and mysterious. I haven't had any of my male friends get told that they missed a promotion um, because they were unapproachable. Mm. Unless they were actively being a villain. I can't at him since he doesn't have a Twitter. <laughs> and even then, he still has enough pull from peers higher up to avoid negative action. Many of my Black women friends, on the other hand, um say they lack allyship at work and are punished for being shy into other hobbies or feel like they have to make a scene to be noticed. Um, and then someone else said, yes, only because men. Um, but I connected with that uh, that first response. I don't know what, it, I, like, do people just, and we posted about this recently on, on social, just about, like, people calling Black women unapproachable. But, like, what is it about this word? Like, is it? I feel like it's just like one of those words that someone once says, and like, oh, yep, that's gonna stick. We're gonna use that for every <laughs> every yeah. one. I think that word is so crazy because I feel like black people in general are the most forgiving and friendly people ever, Too ever, forgiving. ever, ever. Too, Too forgiving. forgiving. We need that. to gatekeep more. We yeah. need to gatekeep and gaslight more. I'm yes, telling you. I am telling you we need to do that more. But with black women, like, and I've been told this, that like, we don't, I don't know, like, we don't be smiling. So we're not approachable. 
And I'm like, I am the most approachable person I've ever met in my entire life. I'm also, so approachable. That's, that's I don't know so who the hell sex- y'all talking about. That's so sexist, though, because no one has ever in so- their life told a man to smile. That's that's incredibly sexist. Like, David, have job. you ever been told to smile? Never. Never. <laughs> smile less, actually. <laughs> Yeah, like, can you imagine just going up to a, a a grown man and be like, "Hey, you should smile." Like, you would. I feel like you would get your ass beat, regardless I'm of like. Try it. <laughs> you should try it. I'm gonna try be... it. Be like, you know what would look good on you? A, a smile. smile. Show me those. But then he's babe. gonna try to. Then he's gonna try to fuck me. So I can't do that. <laughs> depending on who it is, it they're gonna fuck like you I'm or fight you. Him. It's like no yeah. in between. You might like it. Yeah, he, you know, men are turned on by like when you just like Damn. hit on them, like catcall them. And you're like, wait, this oh, is yeah. the opposite response that I wanted. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Okay, so our poll results on Instagram are kind of similar. Um, we asked who has more advantage in the workforce. 70% said black men, 9% said black women, and 22% said neither. And I followed up by asking, like, when and why is it easier for black folks in corporate America? Um someone said those who assimilate and those who fit colorist standards tend to have it easier. Um, another person said light skin advantage were less threatening and white people get to say, see, look at how not racist we are. Uh, that same person said, my dad is black, British and corporate America. White people say he's not like the other black people because he's English. Um, also like when we talk about what's it called, like, um, uh, like accent discrimination. Like if you notice like all the accents that are preferred are like white European. So like. British like British accents Australian French and then all the accents that people like don't like are from like African countries or like India it's really um weird uh another person said or they have so much um that first sentence doesn't make sense oh it's basically they're just saying like you work so hard that you're indispensable and eventually work yourself to an early grave which is what we talked about earlier um or like you either get along with any you go along with anything that's said or done so you don't rock the boat um and i just thought those were like the ones that i connected with mostly the don't rock the boat like you know like just like don't bring too much attention to yourself it's it's really the uh, thinking about unapproachable. It's been sitting in the back of my mind, and just like it's the craziest thing to hear black hear people saying black women being unapproachable at work when because I feel like that's been the complete opposite of my experience at work where I felt always the most comfortable going to black women if they were like senior leadership black women even black women who were, were on the same level they've always been the the demographic that i felt the most comfortable with approaching with a problem with an issue asking for advice and like to see that with a bunch of like white men in leadership i do they think they are approachable do i i i'm that's really baffling to me because they're so they're so far from it like i would never feel comfortable and they don't give they don't make me feel comfortable to tell them anything so that i just it's crazy to hear that and it's obviously something that's been repeated so much that people are just acting like it's true and it's obviously not yeah it's very gaslighting yeah or like the irony in it is like especially when people tell it to your face that you're unapproachable but it's like but you felt a level of comfort to tell to me tell me that you thought that it's like let's think about that and you and you never like see like you made a good point like white men being approachable like the finance bro that's always at the top like Clearly, that wasn't an issue for him. They never approachable or relatable, but y'all always be hiring them, 
promoting them, doing whatever. It's like, just let's just say what it is. Like, y'all just hate black women like everyone else. And that's, that's, that's really the answer. <laughs> like, And to be really ob- like honest, speak on my experience, I have felt the most uncomfortable in work environments around the opposite, which is white women. Same. I feel like my intelligence has been attacked by white women I've worked with. I've been undermined. I've been gaslit all by white women black women it's been like an amazing safe space and and like i was saying before i feel like black women are accepting of everyone i mean david we really became close at vice because we formed a group of people of color and we just sat and ate lunch together every day and at certain points in our little lunch group there were people of every race and creed sitting at the table shooting the shit with us you know what i mean so like it's bullshit fabrication lies lies i wonder too also if we think like age plays a factor in us also being like young and black in our careers and like depending on where you're sitting like if that also um impacts it too and i don't know if we're like negatively or positively but i don't know that's something i've been thinking about lately like if that's I I don't tell people my age (laughs) like I try not to tell people my age (laughs) I don't either because I also think that because like even like yesterday when I had this whole thing but I had my hair like this which is like obviously like I don't look the most the oldest but I thought it was a cute hairstyle I just woke up I was like I don't feel like doing my hair I'm gonna do it if you can't see it because you're listening it's in like two afro puffs I thought it was cute but then when, like, I was basically, like, this this person, like, was talking very down on me, I was like, oh, I wonder if she just feels empowered because, like, you know, I dress like this at work. I'm in a Marvel shirt. I dress, like, very, like, however I want. I never wear makeup. So I don't know if I, like, look younger and, like, she felt like she could just, like, talk down on me, plus being black and a woman, if all that just comes together and people are just like, you're worthless. <laughs> like, I don't know. I've actually never thought about age being a factor because I feel like all of the spaces that I've worked in have been very young. Um, But that is an interesting thing. And I do wonder if other environments, because Kia, I know where you work, I'm sure there's a range of ages because it's such a big and old company. Um, There has to be age ranges there. And you're also in a more senior position at a younger age, you know, so that that has to play a role. And same thing with you, Amari. You're at a very old company that's established. I'm sure you work with a range of ages and you're in a more senior role at a young age. Kudos to you too. But anyway, I'm sure that does play a role. Oh, it definitely. Yeah. And even like with being in, in that role, like I don't know if I told you guys when I, like, had to go to California for, like, a client thing. Like, it was really embarrassing because, like, I was the only one that got it carded. And it was just, like, we were just, like, laughing because I'm clearly the one, like, running this, like, show production. Like, I make all the shots. And then just for me to get carded afterwards, it's, like, what? This is crazy and embarrassing. But, yeah, I definitely think when people see me on camera when they're, like, this is the person running the show. And I look like I'm, like... 22 they're like what the fuck (laughs) what is this girl doing damn (laughs) damn that's all i can say damn um i also want to mention the light skin advantage thing um 
because I'm sure that's a thing. I'm sure that that's a factor as clearly a light skinned person. I, I definitely feel like in work environments to make white people comfortable, you have to be a handful of one of like the black archetypes. And it's like, as a woman, you have to be like the smart, nerdy presenting black skin or sorry, darker skin woman, or you have to be like the light skin, pretty black girl, you know, like one or the other. And then for men, I feel like you have to be, um, very attractive, but still approachable for men, um, or nerdy and quiet. It's like one or the other. I guess those are this really the same thing, but yeah, it just feels like the same, like every work environment you go to, you see the same type of people of color. I mean, I think like, hopefully, I think like more positively, even like despite, and I don't know how you guys feel about this too, but like despite the journey or whatever, it's like I hope other young people like look at the trajectory of our careers and like still feel like hope and encouragement to like go on that path or to try it out. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I feel like I just have a lot more to think on after this conversation. I know. And David, just to wrap up, Is there anything that you would tell like a young black man who's starting his career in corporate America? Like, is there any advice that you would give to someone? Um, So the first thing that popped in my head was (laughs) the same advice I need trying to give myself is to be yourself. I think ultimately that is going to get you into the spaces that you actually want to be in. I think, um, as I've, I've gotten a lot better at being myself at work, uh, I think Vice was a big part of that because I was surrounded by very young people and it was much more diverse than any other places I've worked. And so it felt like I could, I felt much more comfortable being myself. And I think after that moment of kind of like, okay, you can at least bring some of yourself to work, then it kind of put me in spaces where I actually wanted to be in versus not being myself and kind of always being stuck in places I didn't want to be anyway, because people, those spaces were looking for a version of me that actually really didn't exist. So I think if you're looking for a fulfilling career where you're doing something that you really feel passionate about alongside people you feel passionate about being around, be just be yourself. And I think the people who will love you will love you. And the people who won't were probably not the people you wanted to be around anyway. That was bars right there. Wow. Bars. Well said. Well said, my guy. Well said. Um, I think that's it for the episode. If everyone's hearts and minds are clear, I think that's it. Yeah, that, <laughs> Amari. Was, that was great. I actually really needed that. Cause ugh. Wow, that was like perfect. Yeah, timing. Kia, you were dragged through the mud this week. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Oh, it's been no. like a terrible week for me. So I'm just like trying to get through it. But but that's a good point. Like whoever didn't like me probably never liked me anyway and never will. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kinda like, you're right. Like I'm not gonna stress I think the hard part is like now that I'm in like a branded space, like fully and branded, it's it's been difficult because it's like all your work is for a brand, so you have to make this client happy. And that's, I've been struggling with that where I'm like, okay, even if I'm not in the wrong, I have to apologize or I have to like, you know, let people like yell at me essentially because it's like they're paying for it. And it's like, I don't know how I feel about that, but I guess that's just like how you have to navigate. But it's like, yeah, at the end of the day, like this person probably didn't like me anyway. And 
me apologizing like i guess it'll help but like at the end of the day like they probably will still not like me and and i'm okay with that okay well i think that's it uh we can let you go now david thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode you can talk to us on social media at sufficiently blk email us at sufficiently black podcast at gmail.com with any questions or feedback and you can listen to us anywhere you get podcasts and don't forget to follow us so you don't miss any new episodes until next time bye bye, bye. <laughs>